I don't want to sound corny, okay? I, I don't want to sound corny, but I'm a woodman. I, I wrote a song about the woodman. I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time. We have Buckin' Billy Ray Smith with us. Buckin' has a YouTube channel where he shares uh, tree falling, firewood, chainsaws, axes. He is the epitome of charisma and positivity. I, I'm just a huge fan, as is pretty much anyone who has seen his content. And uh, we're really happy to have him on the podcast. My dad is also joining us. And he, if you guys didn't know, we don't do a lot of, we don't do a lot of forestry or logging type videos, but that's been a big part of my dad's life and career as well. I know we've been doing construction um, videos recently, but believe me, um, he's he's got that he's got time uh, in the saddle with um, logging as well. So him and Buck can have a, quite a bit of a shared life experience. Not to mention the YouTube side, which we do talk about as well. One item of business, you know how things kind of always tend to go wrong just at the critical moment. Well, that happened today. My my video and um, internet connection blew up on me, and it wrecked my feed of the first half of this conversation. So this might feel a little clunky, but I'm going to basically re-record the questions that I asked. There's only three of them, and, and the rest of the time, it'll just be Bucking and my dad chatting. So if it feels a little clunky, that's why the second half should be normal. I hope you enjoy it. Without any further ado, Bucking Billy Ray Smith. Bucking, to start with... Let's assume some of the listeners don't know who you are. Can you give us your background, uh, kind of where you're from, how you grew up, uh, your career, and maybe hit on any uh, transformational moments uh, in your life that kind of led you and brought you to where you are right now? Do you, do you gentlemen have seat belts on your chair there? <laughs> I, I'm sitting on the floor, man. You can't hurt me. Okay, good. Well, it, I, my name's my name's William Raymond Smith is my full handle, William Raymond Smith, which gets shortened, of course, to Billy Ray. So Billy Ray is actually my name, Billy Ray Smith, and and I grew up as as Br. That was my name as a, as a young child and a young man growing up was Br. Um, Billy Ray, believe it or not came in later in life for me i decided to fall back on that i'm i'm was born on vancouver island in a little community called cedar which is just outside of nanaimo it's kind of in between uh you know south of nanaimo ladysmith and victoria is down at the tip of the island of course um so it's where the big timber grows we like to say you know <laughs> uh so you know, I, I grew up, uh, of course, with a, with a single mom, me and my brother uh, out in the bush uh, on a five-acre piece of property. And believe it or not, the house was built around a wood stove. It, there, there was no switches to flick or no, there was no heat. There was no backup. It was just the way it was. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's how I grew up. I grew up out in the bush on, on five acres. And, and we were, I like to joke, you know, because... The internet is, is such an amazing place. You meet so so many amazing people. And if, if you don't have a firewood story of some kind, no matter where you are, 
I, I think something's missing, and that's just truly how I feel. Uh, and, and and that's what I want to do, uh, partially with the channel. I don't want to jump ahead, but I but I do want to see the young young generation get get these tools back in their hands. That's really going to be a focus for me this year going forward. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I mean, it it it, it was a thing. I, I graduated grade twelve. Um, my mom is is just I owe everything to my mom. She's like the gardener of my mind. She was my best friend growing up. She was my dad. She actually taught me to run power saw. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I was a young guy, and and we we needed wood like all the time. It was just it it had to be gotten all the time. So, but anyway, so that's how I grew up, and then uh, got out of school. And I I'll, I'll be honest, I. I kind of went haywire for a few years. Uh, uh, you know, uh, substances were part of my story for for my early twenties. I, I got, I went down a, I went down a bad road. I'll just, I'll be very honest. Um, I don't look too deeply into it where or why. The fact is that I was running. It's as plain and simple. I was running, and uh, when I decided to take responsibility for what I was doing and realized that I was, I was on my way out. There was no two ways to look at it. I was literally on my way out. I was going to take myself out. Uh, I had a moment of clarity came around. Uh, and, and this is crazy because I was in sales. I, I, I worked in sales. I never had um, a dad saying, you know, you need to do this or go get it. You know, this, there, there was none of that. So we were, kind, I was kind of like a gypsy growing up to be honest with you very liberal, you know, like my mom always, she never really worried about me. I was very kind of, I was just all right. You know, I was, yeah. I was going okay. Um, so, um, but after I kind of got my, you talk about a, a, an event in life, uh, sobering up is the only reason I'm sitting here talking to both you gentlemen right now. It's that plain and simple. There's no, I'm not going to hold any punches. That, that, that is it. Bottom line. Uh, alcohol for me and drugs, uh, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something, honestly, gentlemen, sports, socially, physically, I was a, I was a, 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 a natural athlete. It didn't matter what you threw at me. I picked it up right now. Mm -hmm. So I was natural at that. I, I was physical. I was socially graced with the, with the gift of the gab. You add alcohol. And it, it was like pouring nitroglycerin in my body. And I was, I was a mess. It was just horrible. I would go for, for days and it was a bad scenario. So I don't want to go into that too deep, but that was part of my story. Mm. So coming out of that, and, and this is the straight goods coming out of that. At the time I had a job, I was in sales and I went to my boss uh, after a little while of getting, getting sober and get my head straight. I went to my boss. I said, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I had worked for him for seven years, uh, 22 to, or it was about 19 to 22. I forget. I was at the job for about seven years and that was the progression of my, my alcoholism and the drug addiction. That, that was where it was at. And he watched that. So <laughs> I remember saying to him, I, I have to go. I, I, the bush was like calling me. I needed to get dirty. I wasn't feeling proper after getting my head on. I just, I looked at my hands and they were like, 
they were too soft. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't, I didn't feel good inside. And so I, I just said, I got to go. I gave my two weeks notice. He says, don't, what are you doing? You can't, you can't do it. I says, I'm going to go make a living on firewood. I can do it. I did it when I was a kid. I'm going to buy a power saw and sell firewood. I know I can do it. He goes, don't do that. That is a horrible mistake. And uh, to cut this short, the rest is history. Honest to goodness. Uh, power saw. <laughs> Sorry, I, I sometimes I there's a bit of emotion in the journey, but oh, I get that, man. I, I just. Power saws and the bush saved me. It's I, I don't know how else to say it. Getting physical and, and and grabbing a power saw and axes and I guess just maybe having some kind of purpose or something. I, I don't know. It just gave me an identity. You know, it gave me an identity because I didn't have an identity. I honestly didn't. I I had to go figure out who I wasn't mm. first before I could figure out who I wanted to create because I, I never had no man in my life. I, ne I, I never had that. So it was, it was interesting. I, I'll tell you, but I'll tell you, I'd have nothing. I'd be dead. Mm -hmm. I can't say that, but I think I'd have been dead if I didn't quit drinking straight. Interesting. So you ever listened to Jordan Peterson? You okay. know what? This is funny. I just found out, no kidding about maybe three or four months ago mm -hmm. uh who that guy was through okay. joe through joe rogan I, yeah. I never knew who he was yeah okay well you, you, when you have time to dive into some of what he teaches you're going to like it it's going to resonate with what you just talked about because that's one of the things he talks about that with young men that when we come to manhood nowadays we're clueless as to what in the world we should be doing with our energy and our athleticism and our competitive drive and and our selfishness that we're just clueless and uh, he, he has such a powerful way of describing it and part of what he describes is you have to find a way to pick up the heaviest burden that you can pick up and walk straight uphill with it in order to find any fulfillment in your life and when you were talking about that i was just thinking about peterson and and how you were aching to get out to be able to measure your productivity at the end of the day in some way besides how many people you had talked into doing a business deal it's just there's some real fulfillment in being able to do something hard and, and uh, get it done and look back at it and look at doing something hard again the next day. It's, it's, uh, it's cathartic. Yeah, and you're right, Scott. And I, I think it goes as far as uh, it's actually in our makeup. It, mm -hmm. it's in, yep. it, it, it is in a man's makeup to get dirty and roll around in a freaking mud puddle Mm -hmm. and create something it mm -hmm. it just is i believe it is in and i believe it's just me we're three pieces the human beings three pieces body mind and spirit and if 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 one of those is weak uh, the other two got to pick it up and for me i found that i remember in the early days when i started falling timber like hard like like you know camp work and you know six days going six hours a day on the power saw six and a half is all we're allowed yep. and and just going for weeks on end mm -hmm. uh it just started to 
all makes sense. It, it, so, it just started to make sense. So let, let's fill in the blanks on that for people that are not familiar with bushling. And I, I assume you were bushling when you were cutting or were you just on by the day or were you on by the board foot? Were you counting your volume and getting paid by the volume you got on the ground? No, when I started okay. falling, it, it was, it, there was some cutting by the meter, you uh -huh. know, oh, but, yeah. but most of it was day rate by then. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so, so what people don't know is that in the past, and not all that far distant past, at least down here, the um, cutters who are on by the board foot, you're saying meter, um, were bushelers. They were kind of paid by the bushel. It was a way of indicating that they were paid by what they produced. And six hours became a standard day because it's incredibly athletic work. It is about as athletic as uh, work can be when you couple the just the exertion. The saws were heavy, and they're still heavy enough, particularly in big wood, and you're swinging that around and swinging it around and driving your wedges and carrying your gas can and the hill, ground's always steep. And you're, you have a base level of adrenaline pumping in your blood all the time because it's always, there's always an element of risk and you're on guard. And so all of your, you know, like you said, body, mind, and spirit all have to be tuned up or you be dead. And six hours of that is plenty at the end of the day. And if you do more than that in the, in the last two hours of the day, it's when you're going to get hurt every time. And so people are people don't understand that at all. But a six-hour day when you're bushling or cutting, day rate or not, is a long, hard shift. Yeah, and and I was always a contract killer. So it, for us, we we didn't stop. I I run ground mm -hmm. chains, so I, a company man's going to fall a couple trees, bend over a stump, touch up his saw. Mm -hmm. yep. you know, he's, he's, he's a company man, you see? So yeah. the contract guy comes in like us and you can literally, if you're standing on the skit, you know, skit standing on the right of way and looking at the setting, you can literally see the setting go like this. The contract man's going like this and the, and the, you know what I mean? Like it's yep. the whole hillside's going up and the company man's way down here and it's just at the end. Yeah, so the logging trucks are adding up on a contract. So we didn't stop. We just, yeah. We worked straight through. I had a power bar at about three hours into my shift. I'd pull a power bar out, whoop, stick it back and finish the day and then eat on the way down. So, you know, if you weren't cutting a hundred cubes, you, you weren't hanging around it. They, yeah. they want the wood down. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's fully processed. That's not dumping. That's, yeah. that's limbed and bucked. Limbed and bucked to whatever the log length is on the job. You know, so, so I had, and you know what the really funny story about that is? Uh, people say, oh, so, so how long did you spend in the rigging? How, how, you know, were you on the rigging? Are you pulling chokers? Oh, I went straight from cotton firewood, you guys. I'm straight. I wanted to fall so bad. Uh, Hogan was in, in uh, Wendy's belly. And a, an old buddy, a, a guy phoned me up. He says, Buck, and listen, you're going to get a call from this guy. Tell him you got at least a year's old growth experience. Mm -hmm. We'll go to camp. Just tell them that. Don't tell, you know, tell them you got a couple years, second growth and a year old growth. Just tell them that. And we'll go to camp. <laughs> I wish I could, <laughs> I wish I could show you the pictures. I was, I'm not, I'm not kidding you guys. I was like, <laughs> just, yeah. I was completely lost way out of my element. Yeah. Yeah. You know, six and eight and 10 foot. You know, uh, it was just, and just Billy Goat. Yeah. 394 packing the 36 inch bar. Uh, it was, it was an incredible experience. I'll never, but 
Hogan was in, in, uh, wasn't even born. He wasn't even born then. So uh. this industry saved my life. Hands down. It saved my life. It gave me everything I have today. Uh, and if there's, if there's anybody watching this, any young man right now watching this podcast, which I hope there is, and I want to thank both Nate and Scott for having me here. Get your freaking hands dirty. There's a living in hard work that there just is. There's $100 bills floating around everywhere. There's people that don't want to do these little things around their house. Go knock on their door. See, you need your gutters clean. Just trust me. I knew a guy, he started with a lawnmower. He's got, you know, 25, 30 years ago, he's got an empire now. I watched him push a lawnmower in backyards around Nanaimo with his shirt off. Hmm. He got the biggest landscaping company around. It's called Easy Living. The city of Nanaimo purchased his business off. So anyways, I'm going off, but you know what I'm saying. So the, 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 the corollary to that is, and I heard a guy, so I was on a school board for a while and uh, before I was recalled along with four, three or four other school board members, it was a classic small town bloodletting. Okay. Mm. Um, but at a training meeting that I was at, I heard a guy say that moving forward, everything from the neck down is minimum wage. And the implication there is, yes, you got to, you got to get out, get out and get a job and work and get dirty and you can make money, but darn it, you got to learn something. It's not just you. If, if you're doing something that a chimpanzee could do with two hours of training, you need to find something else to do that includes some brain work, some brain work to set you apart from the guys who are not willing to do any brain work to go with their physical work. And that's kind of convergence. That's when you're using the whole creature. That, that, that's when a man becomes worthwhile. It's when he's using his head and his back and his hands, you know? You're absolutely right, Scott. And how I analogize that is, is you know, we're speaking of business. Uh, it, it's 20%, the part that you talked about, the physical part, cutting the tree and stuffing the limbs in a chipper, that's 20% of business being 100. The other 80 is, I am so looking forward to working for you. This is going to be a good time. I'm excited. Don't worry about nothing. Sit down, grab yourself a coffee, and watch the show. This yeah, is going to yeah. be a blast. That's 80% <laughs> yeah. of business right there. Yeah. yeah. And I believe that. Yeah. So I was a young, strong man who had power saw skills. And I thought to myself, how hard can it be walking around the bush, cutting trees down? This is what I thought in my mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm telling you something. And, and, and here's, here's how I put this. I, I'm, a, I'm a hybrid. I, I'm a climber and a, and a, a production faller. Mm -hmm. A completely different animal. And I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my horn. It's just what it is. The, the industry industries are completely different. Uh, climbing trees, roping tops, hanging wood, rigging, all that stuff. Yes, there's an element of, of danger to it. Absolutely, 100% there is. Fallen timber and logging, double it. Double it. Right now. Right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it... it I'm lucky. <laughs> I don't know if it's luck. Uh, I, I look up though lots and, and, and thank them because I guarantee I've had something kind of just moving me a little bit here and moving me a little bit here or helping me out through the years. 100% uh, believe in that. And I'm not a religious man, but uh, I, I'm telling you, I've been smashed to pieces more than once. And I mean pieces. And, and, and I just, 
you wouldn't have, have expected that would have happened, like mm-hmm. blindsided. And you would think, mm-hmm. where did that just come from? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And, and you're lying there and, you know, you're half dead, you know? So, no, I, I wasn't aware. I'll be honest, Nate, that's a good question. I wasn't aware. And remember now, I wasn't broke in. Yeah. I, I was not broke in. I, I, I lied my way in. So, so when you were cutting firewood though, you'd been tripping firewood trees and getting them on the ground any way you could. And you weren't worried about, about, about good looking stumps or anything. You were just getting them on the ground or were you just going in for salvage and cutting out of decks and stuff? All, all, all of it, Scott. Yeah. All, all yeah. of it. Every scenario. Cause it was always about the wood. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's like anything. It's always about the wood. Where can you get the wood? So up there where you, was it? Coniferous firewood, cedars and firs and hemlocks and pines, or was there hardwood? Down here, there's oaks and madrones, laurel, maple, broadleaf maple mixed into it. Was it both hardwood and softwood up there or soft only? Well, heavy on the soft, heavy on the Douglas fir. Pine, pine, not really. There is there is pine areas, but pine's not a good firewood. No, it's lousy. D- Douglas fir is wonderful. Yeah. Actually, that's a, a kind of a running joke or a running theme. Um you know, people see needles on it and they go, oh, pine trees worth nothing. Well, actually, if you did any research, which it's very simple, there's this thing called Google. You can just Google and you can look at uh, things on there. <laughs> and it'll it'll tell you that the BTUs, the uh-huh. heat of Douglas fir, is actually comparable to most oaks and uh-huh. hickories. Yeah, it's, it's comparable. A wonderful, wonderful species. So, for us, Douglas firs are one of our top species. Madrone, which I think you guys have madrone. We do. Lots of it. Yeah, which is, as you know, and you've probably burnt it, Scott. Yep. It is amazing fire. Great wood. It's great it's wood. Yeah. 30 BTUs. And if you, you can even notice it in a in an open fire, like an yeah. open arbutus fire and an open fir fire, you, you're standing back. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So heavy, uh, we, we get into... Mainly conifers, fir and yeah. cedars, obviously the, the marketable stuff. Yeah, uh, older maple, broadleaf maple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so backing up to the danger element and, and comparing it to teenage boys driving. So I have, so I have theories and opinions that I talk about too much. Right. But I think that boys are programmed to seek out risk and adventure. Right. I mean, we just love to push the edge when we're young. We're lucky to live through it. And an automobile is a first automatic and really terrible place for boys to do that. But that's the reason that insurance rates are so much higher on young men up to about age 25 or 26 is that need for speed. And and if we're lucky, we learn how those forces are working. When the, when the momentum of the car around the corner exceeds the friction of the tires on the pavement, you slide off the edge and maybe you live and maybe you don't. And after a while, we figure that out. And lots of times, young women don't because they don't seem to be learnt, driven to have those experiences in snowy parking lots and muddy roads and stuff. All right. So saying all that, boys sometimes kind of have a, a chance of learning how those forces work with cars. But when you get out into the woods and especially cutting and yarding, you know, high lead, there are forces that are unleashed all the time. Terrible forces. And once they're unleashed, they're not controlled or contained until gravity takes it all to the ground and it stops moving. And so when you send a young guy who's never been around that out to cut trees, he has no idea that he's tripping the, the bale on a gigantic mousetrap 
And not only is it a mouse trap out in front of him, but it's a mouse trap alongside of him when it lands across the top of a sapling that's underneath there and the butt of something he's not even looking at swings around. And it takes a while before you learn to recognize the potential energy, the kinetic energy and the potential for shipwreck when you're, when you're dumping tons and tons and tons of wood and it hits the ground at whatever speed it hits and everything is sliding down the hill and rolling. And we're lucky to live through that for the first period of time. Yeah, and that's how you learn. I hate yeah. to say it, but you, you're, you're only going to learn so much from, you know, what they used to do, the break-in. And, and, you know, I think about it. I think back. And uh, I, I remember sending, you know, big, big fur through fields of all. Just, I'm not going to go cut those alders down. That's fur will just go flapping through there. Yeah. But here I am standing there like, <laughs> with my eyes crossed. And I, I can hear this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself. If one of those just hit hit me, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. It's over. Yeah. yeah. So you're exact. You're absolutely right. And and I, I I was never broken. So I I that's why I say I truly think somebody was puppeting me around. I had a somebody looking out for me because I could think of the most stupidest things I've ever done. If yeah. I seen somebody do them, I'd almost pull them off to the side and say, "You are going to die." You're mm -hmm. going to die uh, yeah. if you don't get your head on. So what happens to a fella is he starts to clean up his work. Mm -hmm. After you get hit, you, you start to clean up your work. You start to do better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that's what happened to me I, after I broke my back. And, and I, I mean, I've been hit by a couple of trees. It, 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 it's not comfortable. So regarding risks here is, and you could both answer this, is there a time when a younger person, let's say who's in these years, uh, early twenties or teenager years or whatever, where they're taking risks and maybe have that need, like you mentioned to, to take risks, but older folks are telling them don't do that and trying to give advice. Is there a time when a young person should blow off advice from older more experienced folks who are not at that time of life where they personally are as willing to take risks? Well, I, I, I know for me, the, the answer is never, never stop listening mm -hmm. uh, to anybody that's uh, two minutes older than you to, you know, if he's older than you, he's been around here longer than you. If he's, if he's, if he's on the job uh, for, for 10 more years, five, especially fallen. I mean, I'm just going to talk about falling because that's what I do. If a guy's got more fallen experience than you or, or drywall experience or electrical, he knows a little more. He's been in these situations before. He knows the potential damage uh, that can happen. Not that it's going to, but it can. So I, I say never stop. But in saying that, I think it's important to find your own soup and to <laughs> make your own soup. And, and what I mean by that is, learn from everyone, but put your own twist on it because that's, that's, that's our legacy. That's our own piece, our own flavor. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a tough one. I think we're all so individual. Uh, I, I'm a risk taker and I, and I wish I wasn't. And I, and I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not good that way. I, I think that, that's a great answer. Um, Part of the answer needs to be to, to those young guys 
that are listening to this is the probably the biggest indication of how much risk you're living it with is whether or not it's possible for you to listen to somebody's advice. Mm-hmm. And and just be self-aware enough to realize, wait a minute, am I discounting this or am I analyzing it? And if you are discounting it without analyzing it, brother, there's your risk. You know, you've set yourself on a path in your life where you're not interested in learning from the people who might have something to teach you. That's a that is the biggest risk you can take. But on the other hand, it's perfectly fair and we have to analyze where the advice is coming from and whether this guy's a blowhard and whether or not whether or not what he's giving you is in fact good advice or it's just something that he thinks and he's been had time more time in grade than you do and so therefore it can be discounted but if you automatically discount the advice that comes from people who are in a position to know something boy you're at risk every second and not just on the job but in almost any other place so so i i when I moved back here from Las Vegas and bought in with dad and we were Jippo logging, is that a term up there, Jippo logging, or is that, is that an, is that an Oregon? Okay. All right. Jippo loggers. All right. So we had a, started out with a D4 and uh, dad had a couple trucks and we, we were loading with end hooks. You know what end hooks are? Yeah. Old school. Okay. So the log scalers didn't know what those funny holes were in the end of the, of the logs from Wadco logging. What's those holes? Well, those are from end hooks. What's it? What? And so they started calling us Flintstone logging, but, um, where I was going with that was, um, oh, so we had a couple little shows going and I needed some falling help. Dad was mostly on the cat and I was doing the cutting. And so um, our truck driver had a father-in-law, Bob Griffiths, Squeak Griffiths was his name. He had a funny little characteristic whistle that sounded like a squeaking door. And all the time he was cutting, he was doing this whistle. Okay. And he'd been, a, he'd had a, a little falling company here for a long time and cut a lot of wood. He was a very slight in build and a smart, um, he was a great guy. And he, he, I think he said he'd never lost a day's work for being hurt. I'm not sure he said that, but he, he was cautious. And he saw me standing next to the stump when the tree left. And he said, Scott, he said, the statistics are that 80% of cutting injuries happen within 10 to 15 feet of the stump. And so I was watching that old man and he would scoot away from that stump. If it was uphill, if it was steep, he didn't matter. If he had to go uphill, he'd go uphill. If he'd go side hill, he'd go side hill, but he would scoot away from the stump. And so I thought, well, I'll learn from him. So I started doing that, getting away from the stump. Now, I I watched you cut a a tree that was, oh, I don't know, maybe three or four feet from the corner of a house. It was, I don't know which video it was, but but you stood right there and patted it on the butt as it went over, you know, and I thought, no, that's pretty good, you know, but at that point, you know where the tree was going. It was all faced up. Your back cut was controlled. Nothing was going to barber chair. There was enough hinge wood to keep it on the ground. But I thought, you know, I don't know. If, I've never tried that on a good-sized tree, stand there and pat it on its way to the ground. And so I'm going to have to do that one of these days, Bucking. Well, it's – unfortunately for, for us, I mean, I, I'm terrible at getting away from the stump, but there's always a but, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in the bush, when you got no reason to stand there, hit the freaking road. You'll, you'll stay alive. <laughs> yeah. But see – in residential stuff, Scott, like we're, I'm steering stuff, believe it or not. Yeah. I'm, I'm deking out like trailers and gates and fences. Yeah. So we do interesting things with trees that maybe the regular fellow just wouldn't understand. Yeah. I don't yeah, know how yeah. else to put it. I'm not trying to be condescending, but no. Uh, you know, I can hang and I can hang on the stump and have a, a hinge wood that's level all the way across. Uh huh. And then when it's halfway gone, I can whack the far side and that tree yeah. will literally go boop. Yeah. So 
I, I do a lot of that. Uh, I do. I don't recommend if you can get sure. away from the stump. You know, my old fallen partner there, he would say, old Danny McGiffin. We went to his funeral. There. He was a skitter operator, faller, one of the hardest working guys I'd ever known. He actually broke me in. Uh-huh. He was he was a funny guy. I love that man. But anyway, he uh, he told me, "Bucking at least take three big ones backwards." Yeah, yeah. Three big steps. Yeah. An average size man, that's going to be close to ten feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, somewhere there. So uh, get away from the stump. Get yeah. don't, don't see the cool guy on YouTube there, Stan. I I do it for a reason. I I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just wanted to bump you on that. No, I know you do, Scott. I mean, just anybody that's watching. I mean, I yeah. it is for a reason. Let's move to the YouTube part of our conversation here. And Dad, I don't know if you know this, but Buckin has almost three thousand videos that he's put up on his YouTube channel. It's a uh, it's extremely impressive. And so, Buckin, can you talk to? and speak about what it is that initially got you interested in putting videos online. And, you know, it's taken years, of course, to build up your, your audience to what it is today. But if you look at it today, you're probably kind of like my dad where you're, you know, you probably get waved at when you drive by and people recognize you who you haven't met yet, friends you haven't met yet. And so can you talk about that a little bit? What is it that got you going down that road and what's that like now? And then dad, you, you, you know, of course, feel free to speak on this as well. Well, you know, the, the most interesting thing for me was, is, is I have always took pride in, in this industry and, and, and what we do in backyards for people, for, for hazardous trees and, and how we come in and, and bring peace of mind to people. And we get into some very interesting scenarios in tree work um, and logging. I, you know, I, I didn't really film a lot of the logging in the beginning. I've got 15 years of fallen timber that'll never see the camera, you know. But what what got me going was because I had children. And they're going to have children, God mm-hmm. willing. I want to be able to look back and say to my grandkids when I'm a busted up old guy like I am right now, but I'm still not done, trust me. Um, I want them to be able to see what I did for a living. And I can say, listen, there's what Uncle Buckin did, or that's what Grandpa Buckin did right there. See that? So that was my initial reason to document some of my life, some of my work life. That was the, the original uh, push to do, a, to do videos for YouTube, was that, share it with my kids and, and grandkids. But then, then, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, see this right here? Mm-hmm. Get the gullet? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I was watching this humongous YouTuber. And, <laughs> and, and I was just like, this guy's got 500,000 people following him. I had 40. <laughs> 40. And I was like, I had watched a few of his... Um, his sharpening videos and they they were actually titled how to properly sharpen a chainsaw and i thought to myself hey this is great i'm gonna watch this well i didn't last too long i think i lasted i so i started looking at a few other ones and this and that and you know what i envisioned and this is this this isn't a story my friends this is the straight goods what happened 
I thought to myself, there's because as you know, Scott, running a power saw is one of a man's favorite things he can do in his life. No, it is, yeah. It it just is. Running a power saw, gosh, when it's when it's cut and true and the chain's tight in the rails, she's sharp and you oh man. So there's nothing like it. So here I thought to myself, here's five hundred thousand people counting every stroke and getting out their micrometers and using these guides and gauges. And I just, I thought these poor people, I did. I thought I have to do something about this. So I did. Yeah. And I actually, who have we got here? Oh, somebody's dropping a parcel off. So, so what I did and, and actually you can actually see the video. I, I actually said, that's it. I'm done. I turned on the camera and I said, Hey, Friends, how are we doing? I'll tell you right now, I cannot watch another power saw sharpening video. <laughs> this is how I sharpen a power saw. Throw them freaking guides away. Get these two <laughs> things that God gave you. These two things here. And the eyes. Don't forget the eyes. And, and the eyes. Get, get Wherever you are, we don't all have a vice in the bush, friends. Come on. <laughs> let's be realistic. You need these. So get on there. And I started to teach people how to file a power saw. That, just from what I knew. And I thought to myself, these folks are, are people are smart. Human beings are smart. I'm not going to ask an electrician how to drywall a house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to the drywaller. So I thought, well, maybe these people, maybe I've gained a little bit of something or other and they'll believe what I'm saying. It's up to them if they want. Um, so that's kind of another big thing that got me doing YouTube was to help people help men, women, children run a power saw yeah. comfortably make the fun more fun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it can be very frustrating when you fire up your saw and you dig it into a log and it starts carving off to the yep. side. So yep. I started to dive into helping people realize that it's probably your filing, but it might not be. It might be your bar. Check out everything. Flip your bar. Find out if it does the same thing. Well, if it's cutting the other way, ah, Maybe it's your bar, you know, so <laughs> I just wanted to help people. So that's, and then of course, you know, the rest, Scott, people start to enjoy, they start, you know, they start coming in, they start naming you different names and they start naming themselves. I never yeah. named anybody the bucking army. I just, that was, that was, <laughs> this has changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet um, it has. It, it has changed my life. So, so that's in a, in a nutshell, that's kind of, what happened? You you started there, and basically one thing led to another. There had to come a point where you really committed, like making it a habit, or gotten a groove yeah. with it, because you don't get to three thousand videos just by talking yeah. about chainsaw sharpening. I, I should I should say I should say, and I will say before we let Scott go, I I I'll be very honest. Uh, everybody talks about community. And community, we've got a community. We're building this. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. I was going to say friends. I'm so used to talking to the, to the, to the friends, <laughs> to the community. You guys, I started out in my carport, okay, in a cold carport with, I never have a shop. I've never had a shop. Doing videos in my carport in the cold air, I'd be wrapped up in scarves and gloves, and I would be making an axe, you know, for my fall on the next day because I broke my ax out banging wedges and I, I thought, well, I may as well video this. But what happened is people started to 
say, Hey, Buckin, you, you need a heater, man. You know, <laughs> I said, well, or you need this. He said, well, I ain't got that money. I don't have that. I work check to check brothers. <laughs> you know, I, I, we don't have no money. So people started helping and supporting How and sending that? me things. How about that? You know what I mean, Scott? I, yeah. Honestly, I, I'm to this day, I'm humbled. And, and it is the people that have built this channel. It, mm. it honestly is. And I know it sounds cliche-ish, but it is, I don't know the exact word, but it is a, almost like a, a not a phenomenon, but it, it's a culture. YouTube is a culture. You find people that you believe in and that you, you can support and you get behind them. Well, I'm telling you, the, the people have gotten behind me like nobody's business. I've been supported. So people started helping me. Seven men came. One guy came from Norway. Bunch of guys, oh. seven guys came to my house and helped me build the bunker. Holy smokes. Like, th this is honestly, you guys, it, it, it's, it, I, I take this stuff real serious. Yeah. Uh, that's why we give back a ton. We just bought a, I went into Walker's Power Saw Shop. We just bought a thousand dollar power saw, still uh, a three sixty two full wrap West Coast style, you know. Mm -hmm. And we gave it to a a twelve year old boy mm. who watches the channel, and he he loves he loves bucking and and his his chainsaws. He loves me and loves the community, and he has a twin. So we 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 do a ton of donating to homeless kids and women you know battered women's shelters and I, I won't go into it because i don't need pat on the back but we yeah. do a ton of it and and i believe that i got i got some interesting things planned this 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 year coming i i, I want to thank my my community if anybody's watching this right now i want to thank you people if you've ever watched one of my videos or gotten behind anything or learned anything from my videos i want to thank you dearly so it, it's really changed my life. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it, I, I have to say it has changed mine too. Um, I, I recently bought, so my dad lives with Kelly and I. Kelly and I live with my dad. We're in the house that he and mom lived in for a long time. I added on to it, put an apartment out there so they could age in place. My mom was able to pass away out in that apartment three years ago, and dad's going to have the same opportunity. Kelly is great with him. Um, so having said all that, I just, I just bought his little, he's got a little gray Toyota RAV4. I just bought that from him so I can drive it around and I'm not driving my big truck as much. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say that I like being anonymous again on the road. I just like it. It feels terrific. Now it feels terrific also to make eye contact with people in my truck in the tool tank. And, you know, I, I mean that that's, that's flattering and energizing and comforting. It, it's just, how do you even describe it? You have all these friends that you haven't met yet, but as soon as you meet them, yep, they're a friend. And that's a, I mean, who gets that? You know, I, I, that we count our blessings when we, when we think about that. And the emails that come about guys who have changed their game plan in life and decided to be more responsible or decided to work harder or decided to keep their word or whatever it is that, that they have decided that that is a um, it's something that I never anticipated having anybody write to me about. Me but on the other hand, 
it's a curious tiger that we have by the tail too, isn't it? It is, yeah. It, it, because that emotional component of of doing this, and um, it, it's just a curious, it's a curious, um, I, that's another thing Peterson says, you know, that life's, and we all know this, anybody that's over about 25 years old knows that life's a series of peaks and valleys, and you go up and you go down, and Peterson has talked about that, that for a while he was right at the top of an incredible peak, and he knew that it'd be long, before long he would probably be down at the bottom of a really deep, dark valley. And so that being what it is, this, this whole social media thing certainly amplifies those dynamics, doesn't it? It sure does. Buckin, you probably, yeah. coming from a, a house with a single mom, you probably have a little insight for the kids who are watching you saying like, hey, you're really a mentor to me, boom, 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 because you can remember you know, the mentors you had who maybe weren't your dad, who I'm guessing made a big impact. Yeah, it, it, it's true. I, you know, without sounding, I always, you know, Scott, you're so right with what you just said. It, it's, you know, they call us influencers or mentors or right. you know, they have their names for, I just, okay. Okay. Whatever. whatever. I don't make the rules. I, I didn't make the rules here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I was that young man. Okay, I, I I don't mind getting personal. I don't mind crying in front of people. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I was that young man who, and I don't care who you are, male, female. If you grew up without one of your parents, mm -hmm. it affects you. Yep. It affected me. And I, I, I went my whole childhood with this, it, you know, I was a good clown, so I hit it very well. You know, that was my defense mechanism is, mm -hmm. is I was a, a wild man and a clown and I diverted everything mm -hmm. away from me. I was very good at it, mm -hmm. uh, but that wore off, that wore off. And I was angry and I was hurt and I was abandoned and mm -hmm. it, it hurt. But uh, to, to, to any of those young men out there, I, I really, I want to do something there this year. Mm -hmm. I honestly do. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like, but you, 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 I'm, I'm kind of stuck for words right now because I don't want to say too much, but sure, uh, I get a lot of that. Yeah. Nate. I, I do. I get a lot. Of, my, my demographic is from four years old. To 85 mm -hmm. people come here. You talk about the, the, the email, Scott. It's, it is the fuel. Yes, it is. It is the fuel that keeps me turning this camera off. I've got families, uh, fathers yeah. of very nice homes, fathers saying, Bucking, my kid wants to be a woodman and I ain't got the skills. And you're that fellow mm -hmm. to our family. And, and, and you, do you know what I mean? Like How that. do you process that? Yep. That's a big process deal. Process that. Exactly. Yeah. Like this man is comfortable enough in his skin to say, Bucking, we welcome you into our home. Do, do you know how much, like, again, I, I take this so seriously. If you turn me on at night when you come home from work with your family and your kids sit on your knee and you watch me, it, it's, I take it real serious. Yeah. Cause I, nobody, I, nobody gets that. Nobody receives that blessing to have been invited into people's homes to make an impact in their most personal, 
um, decisions. No, who gets that? It's no. it's amazing. And and for for me, I'm older than you are, um, and so I I get a lot of that feedback from. Well, you just mentioned from a young dad, but but just that feedback that. I hear people saying that they decided to be a better husband and a better father because they watch a, a YouTube channel. Holy smokes, man. You know, because, and, and that's got to resonate for you coming from your mom's effort to do a two person job by herself. Any impact we can make to help people hold on to a marriage a little longer until the storm passes and they regain their sanity and find their feet and leave their home intact for those kids to grow up in instead of throwing it away in a fit of um, jealousy or what, you know, whatever it is, if the hard times and the bill collectors beat you down to where you're ready to burn your marriage, if there's something that can inspire you to hang on for another two or three months or six months until, until things turn around, those kids may never know how close they came to having that hurt and that want. And, and to think that maybe we can be invited to make some sort of a, an impact in those moments. Holy smokes. You know, holy smokes. Let's talk about what's next for your channel. I know you're getting you're getting some blacksmithing equipment rolling in your shop and you got you got plans and if any part of it is uh not um public yet, you don't have to make any big announcement. But how what what has led you to kind of um get pointing in that direction? Well, it's again, uh <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I actually went to Sweden. Again, through YouTube, a guy reached out to me years ago and said, Hey, Buckin, uh, I w I've always wanted to go to GBA, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Grand's Force and, and take their blacksmithing wow. uh, three-day three no course. Way. Huh. And, and Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's great. But I, I come on. I, I can't. I've got no money yeah. for that. <coughs> he said to me, this is what he said. <laughs> he said, you just need to get there, Bucking. You just need to get there. I'll take care of the course, the accommodations, everything. Uh, I'm like, who are you <laughs> for starters? Like, is he, you know, I, I like I like women. I, I I didn't know. You don't know what you're getting yeah, into. No, you don't. So I like men too, but you know what I'm saying. Um. Anyway, so we Skyped and, and I, he just, he, he ended up being a, a fantastic human being. Uh, so this was the first time, this was the first time that the community kind of stepped up in behind me and, and lifted me and said, Buckin, we'll help with the plane uh, 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 tickets. And so I'm like, what? Mm. And then all of a sudden the community got behind me and they started helping me. And I just looked at my wife and I said, honey, this is crazy. <laughs> this is, I'm not, so I won't bore you with any more details. I ended up going this man, we documented the whole thing. We went on a, uh, I think I went for eight days. We get this, Scott, get this. We went to the Husqvarna factory, <laughs> took the tour at Husqvarna. We went to GBA for three, we built an ax three mm -hmm. days, stayed in a little cottage. HB, uh, we went to HB, GBA first, then wow. HB which is Holtzbrook, my favorite ax company. Huh. It was the trip of a lifetime. Huh. It was the trip of a lifetime. So uh, I forget what the question was, uh, Nate. It, oh, um, you're getting to it. Um, what's What has led you to think about blacksmithing and oh, making axes? Yeah, okay. So 
So it's not my dream. I, I don't, I, I'm a cutter, brothers. I'm a woodman. Don't, don't make no mm -hmm. mistake. I, I, I'm 52 years old. I'm smashed to pieces, but I'm far from done. Uh, and I'm a cutter, but it, it, it's not my dream to be a blacksmith. But this whole thing has just organically morphed into me making my own axe, mm -hmm. the wood bullet. Because there was a couple, uh, I won't mention any names, but there was a couple of black, there it is right there in Scott's hand. And believe it or not, Scott, that's actually the only part of that that is, that is my design, to be honest with you, is the profile. Mm. That, that's the straight goods on that. With the cheek hanging down there. That was not my initial thought. I, I, but the, the young blacksmith that reached out to me, he made them that way. That's mm -hmm. how he did it. And I said, well, okay, let's, let's go with what you've got. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't work out. So he was a young, young 16 year old. I think he's doing very well right now, which is great. I think that's wonderful, but that didn't, he, he decided to kind of give up on it. So that's fine. So then we played around with another fella, Tim over in Vancouver. So we had a couple of blacksmiths try and it was fun. It's pushing back to me. Mm -hmm. Everything's coming back to me. Bucking, do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Do it yourself. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you from a blacksmith's perspective, those cheeks add some complexity. Okay, getting those cheeks down there adds some complexity. And if there's not a net benefit to the process, to, to the functionality, uh, just speaking as a blacksmith, I would probably let those go. And it would be very similar to a standard Collins four or five pounder, but a little more abrupt on the gain. Yeah a little shorter than a standard Collins, you know? And so maybe, I mean, I'm just saying those, those cheeks don't just spring into existence because you want them to. No. And I have the tooling. Like okay. I do have the tooling for them. It's all there, but I can eliminate that step. So I've got, I've got an idea. Uh, profile is no problem for me. I got the profile. That uh, That's not yeah. a problem. It's, I, I'm thinking of gunning the, the cheeks, I'm thinking of gunning them. Oh my. Getting rid of them. Oh um, yeah, good. There was an old axe that someone sent me, you guys. It must have been from the early 1800s, late, uh, or pardon me, early, uh, late 18 or early 1900s. Simple as can be, but it was about a four and a half pound axe and I hafted it and it was, it was pitted and oh, it was in bad shape. People were like, that's scrap metal. I said, not for me. It, <laughs> I like that stuff. I honestly, all my stuff's old and beat up and resurrected and I'll run circles around you running it. <laughs> anyways, uh, I just, I'm that guy. I'm just that guy. So anyways, I made this ax and I was like, Oh dear, this thing's, this thing's nuts. And I tried it in all our species. So my brain started to go, well, I know malls work. Mm -hmm. I, I, I grew up on a mall. I was swinging a mall when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I like this axe. Mm -hmm. So that's where I called it the wood bullet because mm -hmm. it was literally shaped like a bullet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the cheeks actually didn't fit. Yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? How it just, it, it, so I've got, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. So again, the community got behind me and said, fucking, you need to do this. And you know how everybody is there. Bro. We'll help you do yeah. it. We'll help. I'm like, hold on, just wait. So, so, so let me ask you this. When I go ahead and make you one of these, can I delete the cheeks and still get credit for having made a wood bullet? Scott, listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. You have the opportunity right now to design the wood bullet. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay. I'm yeah. not joking yet. You All get right. that profile squared away and you get you get that uh, you knock those cheeks off and you make that look like a, a, a almost like a a combination of of uh, uh, I don't necessarily like the flares on the on the on the on the beards not right. so well you can see right. you can see what I got. Sure. Sure. Yeah, profile I yeah. All right, I'll I'll play with that when I get a chance to play. So let's let's rewind the tape just a little bit. You were talking about how how great it is when your saw is tuned and when it's nice and sharp and the points are sharp and the gullets are deep and the rakers are down just far enough that your saw will pull it and it won't bog down and the ribbons are coming out about that long. You know, it's great. What you need to experience sometime is that same thing with the circular sawmill. Okay. Okay. That that's what when I when I began to understand the significance of the gullet, because on an, an insert tooth circular sawmill, the gullet is, you know, it's, let me get the profile. It's, it's ginormous, you know, yeah. and that thing fills up with sawdust as it comes down through the wood and then discharges it on the bottom of the cut. And for a long time, I was oblivious to that. But when I looked at a chainsaw and I was filing it and I thought, I don't like it when I let my file come up towards the top of the tooth and the, the top starts leaning back and it just doesn't, it you just doesn't it. pull those ribbons out. So I started bearing down and almost pushing that the file down into the link almost. Yep. So you're scarring the top of the link as you're moving that cut back. So the top of that tooth is just hanging out there a mile. Man, that's when it starts to cut. So what I'm saying is, yes, it's great running a power saw when it's tuned and the rails are tight, but you gotta you gotta get your hand on the feed lever on a sawmill sometime that's filed up and ready to run. It's it's a similar feeling, only a little scarier. Have you got one out there? I, well, actually, the mill that I so you can we got a video called a sawmill story. I built it when I was twenty one, a mill, and then I got some footage of it accidentally in about nineteen eighty four, and then Nate made the video, so you can check that out. And then it turns out that that sawmill is set up again here in Douglas County, about forty miles south of where I'm living, and the young man who owns it, Matthew Brady, keeps calling me, "Come down and run it, come down and play with your mill." and and I, so anyhow, you come down sometime, we may go down there and you'll be able to run, run that carriage back and forth and make a board. <laughs> now, now that's, that would be a fun trip. It, it is fun. And then one other thing, talking about on a danger tree, when it's tipping over and you got nice, even hinge wood and you know exactly where it's going and then reaching in there and nipping off a little bit of that hinge to get it to swing. So around here, we call them Dutchman and double Dutchman. You can face it kind of a two-stage face so that the, the top cut on your face runs back in a ways beyond where the bottom side zeroes out. So it, the tree falls into that top opening first and then rocks around and falls into the main face. Yep. That that's, that's standard operating procedure up there probably too, huh? Well, it's frowned upon, but, but <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's basically an undercut that doesn't line up. That's right. That's right. And you, it starts to fall in the direction where it doesn't line up until it closes and then it tips over and falls into the face that it needs to finish up in. I, Scott, I've swung. I won't even talk about yeah, it. Right on. I, 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 yeah, I, I've done some weird things <laughs> with some trees because yeah. I want to try it. You know, you, 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 you get years of cutting and you, and you know, trees that are like literally hanging like, like this. And you put that Dutchman on the low side uh -huh. and it slaps down on that Dutchman and goes, and lays in the setting and you're like, yeah, there's all kinds of, but, but to be quite honest with you, I don't teach that. Yeah. I don't teach that to people because you can do the same with, with, with cutting your stuff right and punching it in the guts and scraping uh -huh. them. It's not all about, you know, so I, uh, oh, I love cutting. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, I I'm cutting. always impressed, Bucking, when people, um, both of you 
stick with something long enough to become an expert. And it takes, you know, decades. It's easy. And what I do is I like stick with something until I kind of make a little headway. And then I like learning new things and kind of moving on. Um, so do you, have you ever at some point in your career, like kind of gotten bored and just like, I've been cutting trees and firewood for so long. I want to, is that maybe like why you picked up the camera or I'm thinking about blacksmithing and you mentioned it kind of like, I'm not, I don't know about blacksmithing. I do trees. Are you just truly deeply like not interested in picking up new things? Is that what some people have who become experts or are you, uh, you know, what, what's, what's going on there that, that lets you stick with something so long to get to this level? Well, I, I think, I, I don't, I almost think it's, I don't want to sound corny. Okay. I, I don't want to sound corny, but I'm a woodman. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a song about the woodman. I mean, Scott, you know, you, you've been in the wood. There's something about it you, you can't it's true it's difficult, it's difficult to explain it, it i think about nothing but cutting and and wood and, and and falling timber and i have no literally what happened to me i told you guys earlier is i when i got my head straight it was like the big fella grabbed me spun me around 180 degrees slapped me on my bum and said, go get a power saw and get going, you silly fool. Mm. Seriously. Mm. I picked a power saw up when I was 27 years old. Wow. Like to, to, to make a living. Mm. Mm-hmm. To, to, I made the decision. I didn't say to myself, I'm going to try cutting firewood. I'm going to go try. I said, I'm going to do that. Mm. I'm going to make my living on a power saw. I love power. It started with the power saw. Mm. That's where it all started for me is the actual, the saw itself. I loved, I love chainsaws. I love power saws. Always have. And the bush. I grew up, my playground was the bush. Mm. We grew up and you didn't, we lived way away. So it was the bush. You, you, you just went through the bush Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. So when I, when I got my head straight and I could start thinking about, but here's something very important. And I want to say this, I want to say this for young men. Okay. Uh, I, I sobered up when I was 27. Okay. That, that's when I sobered up, decided to, to, to get my stuff together. Okay. This, this was the major part for me because I had just spent seven years at a job that I thought I was happy mm-hmm. at because I was so diluted, right? With it, with the ingestion of what I was doing, it was so important to me at that stage with a clear mind with it. Like, I mean, straight up, just clear clarity, focused, physical. I had my mind, body and spirit in line. And I was like, I have to be happy at my job. Mm-hmm. I have to be happy at my job so that, because you spend so much time at your job, like a lot of time at your job. So I was never, ever going to do another job that I was like, oh, I got to go to work. I don't want to go to work today. <laughs> that was never a problem for me ever again. 
Wow. I love power saws. I'm a sick individual. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you so, mentioned so, it earlier, and I, I hope the recording got it, but that identity, and there is an identity with lots of careers, but also church groups and places you live, and even like being a fan of a sports team that is important to have an identity. And so certainly, you know, being in wood and firewood or any type of a builder or trademen, there's, there's all, there is an identity that comes with that. And there's value in having an identity and letting it be your own, you know, kind of having that be a part well, of who I, you are. Absolutely. And I always say to, to young men or to anybody who will listen to my flappings is that what do we like, like you, you two gentlemen, you're, you're, you're good, strong, uh, astute, intelligent, giving men. You both are. So, but, but what do we have, fellas? What, what do we have? We have our freaking word. Mm -hmm. That's all we got is our right. word. That's right. Are you going to do what you say you're going to do or yeah. you not? Because you are being judged. That's Trust right. me, you are. If it ain't by yourself, it's by everybody else. That's right. If you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, then you're a flake. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. I come from there and I come from the fact of if you're not going to work, then don't work and live it. I don't work. Then live it and be it. Mm -hmm. Don't wish you should work and, and feel bad because you don't work because mm -hmm. that would be horrible. Mm -hmm. Live what you're doing. Uh, I happen to get everything I need from physical physical labor and helping people and inspiring men to get their freaking hands dirty. Mm -hmm. And that's why this channel has, I, I've always thought this place could save the world, gents. I, I'm serious. I, I always thought that YouTube, the internet could save the world if we all got mm -hmm. together and said, Hey, I'm kind of tired of fighting. Aren't you? Mm -hmm. why, why don't we get along yeah. here? I don't care. Color. You, 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 let, let's let's get along. I don't care that you like that. I actually don't like that, but that don't mean we can't be buddies. That's right. It, so, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? That the 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 uh, I'll say the media, the stand, the, the the monolithic structure that has become modern media, mainstream media. Okay, they don't seem to have any way to really communicate that message that you just articulated. That hey, can't we just get along? Can't we just practice liking each other? Can't we just practice working and keeping our word and going home and being faithful to our families? Can't we just practice this stuff and getting our hands dirty? It, it doesn't seem like that message has has been profitable in the mainstream media as that media came into existence pursuing the profit motive. I mean, you've got to be honest, that drives most of what happens is people's reasonable desire to get ahead, you know? But this alternative media, and we're talking about YouTube right now, does seem to provide a moment in time where there could be other motivations. There could be other messages that could be, if not as profitable, maybe profitable enough to sustain the message and move the message forward. You know, I know that, that we hope that. I hope that. We hope that, 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 there's, that there's a way to make this sustainable enough to promote... Um, some worthwhile content for people to maybe think about implementing. Even if that's not the reason they come, maybe it's the reason they stay, right? Or the reason they recommend it. I, I, I truly hope so. It's funny, you know, I, I don't, it, people say to me all the time, why don't you have a million subscribers and why don't you 
have big fancy cars. You've got like 300 and something thousand square feet. You don't do any sponsored videos. No, no, I don't. I, I don't, not right now. I, I just, I have, I, I don't need a lot. I, I, the only reason I would want to scale is to help people. That's it. That's the only reason I would want to scale. Um, and I will, I will, because I, I know that there's a fine line there. There's a fine line. Uh, Scott, I'm sure you're the same. You get emails daily. Hey, try my product. Hey, partner with me. Do this, do that. I just, I don't get many views. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, maybe that's why I put lots of videos up. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, views are great. And, and I know that's how we get paid. I, I understand that. But integrity is more important to me than an, the almighty dollar. You can only do so much of that stuff, I believe. Right? So it's more about giving. But I will be honest. I think after that accident, the, the things changed for me. You know, like last time I got hit, it was it was touch and go. Right? There's no way to look at it. It was touch and go. I had a little conversation with the big fella there and, and uh Yeah. Well, you're 52, was, man. You told me you're 52. I, That's no spring chicken. Okay. I know. I feel, I feel so fortunate and so lucky. Yeah. Um, I really do that, that I get to watch my kids grow up. My kids were six and three when I got hammered, six and three. And I watched them, you know, I'll never, ever, ever forget that feeling of, of being useful, useless. Yeah. Just no, I couldn't do anything. I was useless. Someone could have literally come here and, and did what they wanted with my family. I'll never forget that. Hmm. I was, I was useless. Hmm. It was awful. Bad awful. Feeling. Yeah. Um, maybe here's the final question and we'll wrap up bucking, but your videos, and this is maybe it happens in editing, but it's certainly a part of who you are, are packed to the gills with positivity and kind of, uh, reminders of, um, being nice, you know, to be specific. And I'm wondering to how much of that is like just who you were since you were a little kid. Have you always had this real positive outlook? Is this something you've developed over time? And could you talk about what kind of impact and why you kind of choose to make that such a central part of who you are and you know, the content you put out? That's a great question. Uh, God made me like this. He made me like this. It's that simple. I, I've always been, my mom, she said, you were just a ray of light. Mm. You, you just were always, I've always been an optimist. Mm. Like if we're stuck or something, we're out for buying and, and we get stuck. My first inclination is how are we getting out of here? Let's go. Let's not waste it. Let's get out. Let's find the way out. Let's not go. Oh, we're, we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. That's not me. I've never been that way. I was not built that way. I was built to move forward. I was built with love and peace. I, I was just built like that. I, I, I was not, I don't like to see people suffer. I don't like to, I, I never understood war. I was always, I know nothing about politics. I know nothing about history or war. I spend no time in anything anti-positive i'm talking zero wow. none it gets no energy none mm -hmm. i if someone comes at me and it costs me in my in my 
in my comment section, I'll either tell them I love them or, or, or I just, I just remove the comment. Mm -hmm. You go back in, in all the seven years and I'm proud of this. I'm proud of this. In the seven years I've been on YouTube, I've never once got into a, 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 a match. Mm -hmm. I've never justified my existence. Why do you do this bucking? Why do you do that? It's just how I do it. <laughs> No, I'm not telling you how to do it. That's just how I do yeah. it. I, I have, I, I just, I had a lot of negativity in my childhood. I'm just, I just did. And, and I, I, I don't like arguing. I find arguing such a waste of time. Uh, if you believe that, that's great. Just believe it in your core. Don't pretend because that's going to be a lot harder on you. <laughs> you know, just, I believe in, in lifting people up. I want to, I want to see strong human beings. Be convicted. I don't. I don't care if it's something I'm not into. Just be convicted in it. Mm. So I'm not trying to get heavy on you guys. This is who I am. Mm. I'm. I'm like I'm. I'm feeling emotional right now because it's. I believe we have an opportunity, gentlemen. I really do. Mm -hmm. To 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 lift people up. Yeah. And to make a change. Yeah. Like. I just do. I spend a fair amount of time thinking, what am I going to look back and wish I would have done differently? <laughs> and I'll tell you what, because now I'm, I'm going to be 64 here in about two weeks. That's almost old enough, you know? And so what are you going to, what am I going to look back and wish I had done differently? And this, this whole social media moment, this whole social media little blip on the screen is going to be something that we'll probably always look at and say, wow, I wonder what I should have done differently with that moment. It's an important question. Yeah, that's great. And it certainly doesn't take a lot of effort, I'll say extra effort to be positive and to say something nice and to leave, you know, your like in your videos it'll just these reminders pop up that are they can potentially like really hit someone and like gut deep and certainly the way you live also just being friendly, smiling at people, avoiding uh negative <laughs> and certainly extremely negative interactions. Um it's a low price to pay. There could be potential huge upside in both the world and everything around you. And I think you're a, a really super example of that buck. And, and I'll speak for as a fan uh, and your fan base, like you're doing a great job as an example of how to live. And uh, I have a feeling there's a, a, a bigger impact than you may realize. Same goes for both of you. Is there any last uh, questions or thing we are forgetting here, dad, while we got bucking or is there anything anything um, else bucking that uh you'd like to get out in this instance the luck the good thing about you i guess if you did you can always just make a video and speak to your audience you're a you're kind of a pro at that so it's certainly not mm. the only chance <laughs> well i got just a couple things is that a scottish accent is that an irish accent is that just a, a british columbian bush accent what what what, mean, what am i hearing you mean the way i speak yeah oh my gosh uh i don't know uh I really don't know. I just Canadian. Just, I guess. just, just Canadian. Okay. I don't yeah, hear I'm any, Canadian. I don't, I don't hear any, a, I don't hear any, a, a, it's just Canadian. Yeah. eh? Yeah. That's what I do. I do say it. If we go back in the recording, it might be there. Might be. <laughs> but anyhow, it, it, you have a lovely accent. Okay. It, oh. it, it, uh, I guess maybe it is just Canadian, but it, it sounds so I, uh, my, my paternal great grandmother was a McGregor, Elizabeth McGregor. Oh, from yeah. the from the Scottish McGregor clan, you know there was a genocide pronounced on them um, by the by the British Crown, and so a lot of the McGregors fled to Canada, 
And so that Scottish influence, I think, probably permeates, permeated. And so I'm, I'm always kind of listening for that. And then the other thing is, I'm going to come up to your island one of these days and see you. I might even bring an axe head. We'll see how that goes, how the schedule goes. I'm, I, if they'll let me across the border and promise to let me back, I'll probably come on up. Please, please do. I, that's one of the things that has uh, throughout this whole thing that uh, I, I think it's wonderful that we never even spoke about that once today, you guys. I, I really think that's the kudos to everybody here. I mean, it's happening. It's it's happening. Oh well, right? right? It's, yeah. it's going on. So, so, but I I do want to say that I had plans to travel and go cut timber with Logger Wade, all my cutting buddies in the states. My plan was to go and travel, put on events, buck and stocks, get people together, mm-hmm. and and start really being nice to one another, mm-hmm. plain and simple. So that was kind of my plan before this whole thing hit. So I'm going to do it right here. That <laughs> a boy. I, I, I know what I'm doing here. Let me, let me just say that. I know what my purpose is here on YouTube. Yeah. Good. Well, when the time comes that the borders are, when events can happen without too much trouble, we can, we'll throw your first buck and stock here and we can definitely find some trees <laughs> you can knock over and do some, uh, do some show and tell and burn some firewood. Oh, and that, that would be, be really fun. And uh, I'm telling you, I'd be, that would be such a fun, even if it was a mini buck and stock with whoever can make it off the yeah. cup, just all, especially at the, the, the big YouTubers house, the Scott, uh, central crowd. Oh my <laughs> yeah. Rub it in, man. Rub it in. Well, why, why don't we just pencil it in? I don't know. Maybe next year sometime next summer or spring sometime when the weather's nice and, uh, yeah. anybody listening, if you got feedback on when and how you'd like to see it happen, but something simple Friday, Saturday, food barbecue chainsaws and um anybody else of course who's putting content out who's involved in this world is welcome to join so uh, you heard it here first <laughs>